The Capitals' winning streak ends at five games. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, we will talk about how the Capitals winning streak ended at five games. Capitals were hoping to make it six, but they came up against the Dallas Stars and they threw the brick wall in their face and the Capitals couldn't get past it. So they hope to get back into the win column tonight, Saturday, uh, as they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs and they'll have to do it against their former netminder, Ilya Samsonov. Then later in the show, we will talk about the myriad of injuries facing this Capitals team. But the road to recovery is coming a lot sooner than a lot of people thought for some players. We'll talk about that in the show. And then in the later part of the show, we will talk about the Capitals as they prepare to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But just to get it going here, the Capitals do, in fact, fall to the Dallas Stars. And, you know, we were hoping for a big victory, but not just a victory. We were hoping that Alex Ovechkin could score goal number 801 and tie Gordie Howe for the second most goals of all time. But alas, it wasn't meant to be. And a lot of that had to do with the Dallas Stars coach telling Ottinger that you don't want to be the one that allows that goal because that means all the Capitals players will come on the ice. And I guess that's just very humiliating or something to the Dallas stars and their netminder. I don't really see because I'm a Capitals fan, but I guess I can understand the humiliation factor, I suppose is what they're talking about there. But in any event, the Capitals did not find a way to win the game for one. And Alex Ovechkin did not find a way to get 801. And uh, Connor Sherry was the only one that was able to find the back of the net. I will, in fact, wear this Alex Ovechkin jersey until he surpasses 801. So we really hope that it uh, happens sooner than later because I don't want to wear this thing every day and every show. But this is my solidarity with Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals that I will wear this jersey on every show until he finds a way to pass 801 and at the clip he's doing it it shouldn't be too long and I can launder this thing in no time but just to get it going here it wasn't it wasn't the game that we were hoping for it was kind of a slow game for the most part to watch it um the first period period and a half were pretty uneventful I gotta say fans filled Capital One Arena to capacity to see Alex Ovechkin make history instead they watched the Capitals control most of Thursday's game against the Stars but skate away empty-handed after an unluck, unlucky one minute and 19 second span early in the third period, writes the athletic. Jamie Benn found a pinballing puck on the power play before goalie Charlie Lindgren could smother it. And a shift later, Colin Miller's, Colin Miller's point shot deflected in off Lars Eller's backside. That gave Dallas all the offense it needed to eke out a two to one victory. 
And this is a Dallas Stars team that is playing very well this year. Um, so it's no surprise that they were able to find a way to win this game. Uh, the Capitals were coming off a five-game winning streak, and it would have been nice if they were able to, you know, keep the winning going. You know, that positive momentum, it's like the snowball effect. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger the more games, the more swagger you get. Uh, but the Capitals can get back into the win column tonight. As uh, tonight, and I'm saying tonight, Saturday, it depends on when you're listening to this, but Saturday night as they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But make no mistake about it, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. This is an improved Toronto Maple Leafs team over the one earlier in the year. They're getting really great net minding uh, from Sam Sonoff. And uh, so it, it, it's it's going to be a tough out, shall, shall we say. Um, Connor Sheary scored Washington's goal in Lindgren made it 24 saves as the cap season long five game win streak came to a frustrating end. We had a bit bad minute and that kind of killed us. Sheary said for 59 minutes, we played really good hockey and probably if we scored on some of our chances, we would have been able to win the game, but it didn't happen. I don't think it was for a lack or an effort or anything like that. And I do think that's the case. I think the Capitals played well overall in the game. It's just one of those things where you weren't playing a complete game, nearly a complete game, but not a complete game. You got to play the full 60 minutes and the Capitals didn't do it. They played more like a, a complete 58 minutes or, you know, a 59 and a half, something like that. But in any event, the Washington Capitals did end their winning streak. And, uh, you know, I still think that, you know, they can brush their shoulders off and continue winning because, you know, it is one loss after winning five games. So I don't think that that is um, too bad to say here. What was particularly frustrating for the Caps was they played one of their best defensive games of the season and weren't rewarded. According to their account, they allowed only three scoring chances in the second and third periods combined. It's the result that we're not happy with, especially with the effort we put in. Coach Peter Laviolette said, we're going to go back and look at the scoring chances and they're going to be ridiculous. So it's tough. Our guys are down the road of doing everything they can do to win hockey games. And tonight it didn't want to drop for us. And, uh, you know, it was one of those close games, almost the entire game. So I knew it was going to be tough and it ended up being tough. As it turns out, the Dallas Stars found a way to win this game, uh, despite the valiant effort of the Washington Capitals. The best player all night was Stars goalie Jake Ottinger, who stopped a season high 45 shots, including all 15 he faced in the decisive third period. Ottinger said he was determined not to be the netminder who allowed Ovechkin's 801st goal. Pete said before these next two goals that he's going to score, the whole team's going to come off the bench. So obviously, I don't want that to happen, Ottinger said, referring to Dallas coach Pete DeBoer. Not against us. He can do that stuff another night. And hey, listen, Jake Ottinger, listen here, man. I understand that you are the goalie of the Dallas Stars, but if you could be linked in any way to the noteworthiness status of this, if you could be on the ice when he ties Gordy Howe or he surpasses him, listen here, that would be a good thing on your resume. And I know that it's a disparaging thing to say about you, but you, for you to be linked with a historical moment like that, despite what it meant, um, I think it's a bit short-sighted on Ottinger's uh, point of view there. Indeed, Ottinger stole the spotlight on an evening that was supposed to be all about Ovechkin, who had scored seven goals in the previous four games and needs just one more to tie Gordie Howe 
first, second all time. Ovechkin's brother, Mikhail, wife, Nata- uh, Natasha, um, and young son, Sergey and Ilya were in attendance at the first television timeout. The Caps loaded Ovechkin with a video tribute for scoring 798, 799, and 800 on Tuesday in Chicago. Fans gave him a standing ovation, and he acknowledged them with a wave from the bench. So, um, you know, it's one of those moments out there that, uh, you know, they, he was able to get 800 in Chicago. Ultimately, it would have been nice if he was able to, to get it in Washington. But at the end of the day, he was, he's chipping away at the milestones one after the other after the other. And in time, he will find a way to um, surpass Gordy Howe, and then he can kind of relax a little bit. I think that's the biggest thing for Alex Ovechkin is just to kind of get this off of his mind because even in the post-game press conferences, he talks about it. He's like, okay, guys, just slow down a little bit. This is putting a lot of pressure on me. Ovechkin finished with five shots on net, including one chance from in tight in the opening minutes and another one in the in the third. Ottinger stood his ground. He's a big goalie, moves well, doesn't give up many rebounds. Sherry said he played well, credit to him. So just, uh, you know, again, it wasn't, you know what the capitals were looking for they wanted to find a way to win the game and they weren't able to do it but it's on to the next one and what is the next one it is the toronto maple leafs who are in first place or second place rather in the atlantic um so they hope uh that they're able to continue in their winning ways because you don't want to end up sliding down the standings here. And uh, that would be most unfortunate for the Capitals going forward here. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the injuries facing this Capitals team and some of the players that are on their road to recovery and might be back sooner than you think. We'll talk about that next. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. You're okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You lose your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the Capitals as they fell to the Dallas Stars. But in this next segment here, we're going to talk about the road to recovery 
for some players on the team, most notably Faravari, who was one of the more recent injuries to this team, and Darcy Kemper. When will we see them back? Martin Faravari has been getting work in on his own in the mornings, but has yet to join the team for a skate. The Slovak has missed the last six games after suffering an upper body injury against the Calgary Flames back on December 3rd when he took a hard hit from Milan Lucic along the boards and appeared to hurt his arm. And if you can recollect recollect back to that game, that was the game that he was kind of fighting for the puck. And Milan Lucic does what he does best, and he just smashed him against the boards. And subsequently, Martin Faravari got injured. I'm not going to say it's a dirty play because it ultimately wasn't. I just think it was kind of an inopportune uh, injury, you know, like most of them are. But in any event, he is working his way back. He's working his way back into this head coach. Peter Laviolette said he's on the ice. He's progressing. Meanwhile, Darcy Kemper has continued skating and it was on the ice again Friday after getting work in. He has missed the last six games as well after taking an elbow to the head from Tyler Toffoli back on December 3rd in Calgary. It's a good sign that there are no restrictions on the 32-year-old netminder, but he isn't ready to draw back in the lineup yet, writes Washington Hockey Now. My big thing about all this is, is the outstanding play of Charlie Lindgren. I know what it is. I know that Darcy Kemper is the number one netminder on the team. I get all of that. But are you really going to get hung up on that and bench Charlie Lindgren, who has done a great job? He has only lost one game since taking over for Darcy Kemper after his injury. I think that would be a tough thing to try to tell Charlie Lindgren that, you know, hey, good job, kid. But go ahead and sit on the bench because it's Darcy's job. He's our number one. Talk about getting hung up on something kind of ridiculous. If you ask me, my coaching style, if I was a coach, would be to go with the hot hand. And it's as far as I'm concerned as a Capitals fan is that that job is Charlie Lindgren's until he falters, until, until he fails. Um, otherwise, I think it's just foolish to get hung up on titles that Darcy's our number one. And, you know, I know everyone's going to come at me on Twitter and YouTube and say, well, do you know how much we pay Darcy Kemper and all, you know, his pedigree winning and yada, yada, yada. I get all that. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. But, you know, Charlie Lindgren, he was the first star of the week. Uh, what was it last week in all of the NHL, not just the Capitals. So, you know, that is a ringing uh, endorsement from the NHL to say job well done. So for me, as far as I'm concerned, I think that Charlie Lindgren should be the number one netminder, even after Darcy comes back until he proves that he's not up for the challenge. Because how do you take away that job from a guy that has done nothing but win games except for one game so far, it would be just, I wouldn't want to be the one that has to tell Charlie that. From what I've talked about to the staff, he's not been cleared yet for games, Lobulette said. And so he's in practice like this, and this is a full go out here. There's no restrictions for him. I think he's day-to-day. I think he's close, but I have not heard anything yet. And sometimes I've heard people say, well, the coach doesn't know. He's the head coach. This has to go through team doctors and trainers first, and they have to give their endorsement that he's good to go. It's not uh, It's not Peter Laviolette's job at the end of the day. I mean, they'll say that he's good to go, and then it's up to Peter Laviolette what he wants to do with him, but he cannot bring someone off the injured list. Uh, so, you know, he is progressing, and nothing to, disparaging to say about Darcy Kemper. I think he has done a good job. However, my main point there is I think you would be have a hard time pulling Charlie Lindgren out 
uh, considering how he's played. Meanwhile, Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson have continued skating in non-contact jerseys, and Beck Malenstein, who underwent hand surgery after breaking his finger on November 1st against the Vegas Golden Knights, is also out skating, sporting a non-contact jersey. There aren't any timetables for the three yet, though there's progress with them on ice. And you know, the big one for me is Nick Backstrom. I am very surprised to see Nicholas Backstrom at this point, even on the ice, considering the procedure that he had done. The book on that is you're lucky to come back ever. So I thought in my assessment, based on everything that I'd heard and read, is that the Capitals would be lucky to have him back by the end of the season. I thought it would be either the end of the season or the beginning of next season. But for him to be on his road to recovery now, Again, I got to say I'm very surprised, but surprised in a good way. Uh, I hope that the Caps do get Nick Backstrom in a hurry when he's ready. And also Tom Wilson, The still I, I still stand by that the biggest player of impact at this point, absent from the lineup, is Tom Wilson. What he brings to the table, his physical game, his goal scoring, his leadership, the Capitals will be much improved, kind of similar to the same way that the Caps were much improved when T.J. Oshie came back, and I think that will be a bit the same there. Alex Alexiev, who has been out since taking an elbow to the head on December 9th against the Seattle Kraken, has not skated, but he has been around the facility. So that's the latest on those players there. And you know, that's kind of the sorry thing about Alex Alexiev. Uh, for me is that he sustained that major injury uh, last season. He missed a good chunk of last season and he finally came back and now he's injured again. So talk about some poor luck uh, for Alex Alexiev. We hope that he can come back in a hurry. And I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him considering that Orlov came back and once Martin Faravari comes back in there, where is Alex Alexiev going to fit in there? That's the big question. Same goes for Lucas Johansson and all that. These players are waiting for their opportunity, but at this point, that's what they're going to have to do is wait because once Martin Faravari comes back and uh, that kind of thing, the same goes for Beck Malenstein. Where is Beck Malenstein going to fit in when he comes back? I'm not entirely sure who's going to come out of the lineup so he can go in. Um, it's kind of a tough thing considering Alexi Protus and how he has been playing as of late. All right, so after the break here, we will continue to talk about the Capitals, the progress, how Backstrom is ramping up, and we'll talk about uh, the game coming up next against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is going to be a tough game, make no mistake about it, as the Caps are facing their former netminder, Ilya Samsonov. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the injured players and what is their timeline. Uh, the biggest thing for Nick Baxter, we talked about him a little bit more in the previous segment, is just, you know, the, the impact of Backstrom on this team. And what's one of the biggest impacts of Backstrom on this team is he has been linked to uh, assisting more goals with Alex Ovechkin on this team than anyone else. So to have him back out on the ice and just his great playmaking playmaking ability is kind of something that you can't quantify. So to have him out there, I know that he's most likely not going to play with Alex Ovechkin as it's often been Kuznetsov or Dylan Strom or whatever the case may be. I, I guess it remains to be seen 
where Dylan Strom fits into the Capitals' plans after Nick Backstrom comes back. I know that Strom can play wing, but uh, it's going to be interesting, suffices to say. So just taking a look at it, you know, there were a lot of people um, talking about Nick Backstrom and they were upset that uh, he was out. And what does this mean for the Capitals team in hockey, 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 hockey? Well, the big thing about it too is that he is he is a person at the end of the day and he has a life outside of hockey. He has kids at home. And one of the things that he said was that I had to do this. I had to get this procedure done because I couldn't tie my shoes. I couldn't play with my kids. And uh, that's why he ultimately ended up doing it. Backstrom was limited to just 47 games last year due to his lingering hip issues. And he had 31 points in that span when he came back. He felt good for a couple of games, but admitted that the hip had started to grind down shortly after his return. Ultimately, the pain was intolerable, and it got to the point where Backstrom elected to undergo hip resurfacing uh, surgery, a major procedure that has ended some pro careers. I think I tried everything else to make it better, he explained, but at the same time, this kind of like the last resort, unproven technology for sports, I just think that's the biggest thing, but I had to do it because I had no other choice. It's either that or I'll skate on one leg. It was a life changer for me in my daily life, Backstrom said, just to pick up socks, tie my shoes, stuff like that, and play with the kids. I couldn't really do that either. It helped me a lot functionally, and I'm happy about that part. I'm feeling great. Now it's just the next step is to get back on the ice. And uh, that's the biggest thing. We are hoping for a speedy recovery for him and Tom Wilson. All right, so the Capitals do end up taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night, and it is going to be a, a tough out, as they say. And why am I saying that? The Toronto Maple Leafs, who have struggled and kind of had a hot and cold season, are playing hot right now as they've won a bunch of games. They lost their last game against the Rangers, but this is a different team. This is a team that has better net mining and Sam Sonoff and Murray. And I know that was kind of the joke around the NHL to start the season is the poor tandem up in Toronto. And if you know anything about Toronto sports, hockey in, protect, in particular, it is a pressure cooker. You take that, you know, and just, it's not even just hockey. If you look at how poorly the Toronto Raptors are playing right now and just kind of the upheaval over that as well, it's a city that loves their sports, suffices to say. But I would say above and beyond any other sport in Toronto, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, are the greatest in the fans out there. They love their team more than anyone. And, you know, Canadians love their teams. I mean, even, even a team that isn't playing well, you take a look at the Canucks, they still uh, sell a lot of tickets every night. But in any event, this is the Capitals team that is taking on the beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. The Canadians love their Maple Leafs, and they have reason to do it as they are playing very well this year. Their one Achilles heel is always when they make it to the playoffs. They can find a way to make it to the playoffs. And then they fall flat on their face. And, you know, it's a bit of an interesting thing. It's an all-star team out on the ice. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and just a bunch of great players out there. Why they can never find a way to make a big push has always been their net minding, if you ask me. But as of right now, as I'm recording this on Friday evening, that is changing as Ilya Samsonov and Murray are actually playing good as of right now. Are they going to be able to continue to play well at the end of the season or in the postseason? I guess time will tell. And, uh, but I do hope, I hope that, I hope the Maple Leafs lose. Don't get me wrong. I'm just talking about who they are as a team because if you're not a fan of, 
teams outside of the Washington area. I'm just kind of letting you know what the Capitals are up against. And it's not going to be an easy out, as they say. It's going to be a tough game. And the Capitals have got to be ready for it because they still need to chip away at wins and start winning games and stockpiling wins consistently so they can make their way up the standings. I know that they went on a five-game winning streak, but now you got to kind of put that in the rear view and concentrate on the now. That loss was almost kind of like a reset. You know, if you have an odometer and it keeps turning and then all of a sudden pushes and it resets, that's what happened to the Capitals. The odometer was turning, it got to five, and someone pushed the button, and it's all back to zeros again. Now they have to find a way to keep that going for it to go to five, six, seven, whatever the case may be, to string together some big wins because this isn't the beginning of the season anymore. Uh, the Capitals, you know, they still have a decent amount of runway in front of them that they could make, you know, a big move and a big push, but they can't squander too much time um, in the meantime. They have to find a way to string together wins, and they're going to have to find a way to do it consistently despite who they're playing. Like I've always talked about, it's good that the Capitals are able to find a way to w- find wins against poor teams but I'm more convinced on who this team is if they can find a way to win games against really tough opponents. And that was the Dallas Stars, and that's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. So this is going to be a good litmus test, a good measuring stick for this Capitals team. If they can find a way to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, that is definitely a step in the right direction. I know they also have a game coming up against the Red Wings. And what is a big deal about a game against the Red Wings? Well, we know that's where Gordie Howe played. And wouldn't that be something if that's where Alex Ovechkin got number 800 or 801? Could you imagine if he got 800 and 801 or maybe a hat trick? The hockey world and Capitals world would blow up. So I know that that's just a lot of posturing and it's kind of just some silly thoughts there but it would be kind of you know significant in the fact if he was able to do it against the Red Wings or if he was able to do it against one of his former netminders in Ilya Samsonov in any event it is going to be an interesting game it's going to be an interesting couple of games and I'm looking forward to watching them and uh, you, even though it's the weekend, if the Capitals and uh, Alex Ovechkin ends up scoring 800 or 801, there will be an episode this weekend. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.